Hey gang, what's happening? Welcome back to another episode of the Hey Gang podcast. It's been a hot second. Uh, what Christmas was the last one we did with the movies, and then January came and went, and then February came, <laughs> and now it's almost gone. Um, hey, I'm here with Pastor Brian and Pastor Chad. Say what's up, dudes. It's going down. What's up, dudes? Thank you for listening and following directions. I failed. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. It's classic. Anyway. Hey, uh, so it hit us this week that New Year's resolutions are kind of kind of shot at this point. So we're going to talk about it. Um, New Year's resolutions. Did you guys have New Year's resolutions? Yep. I didn't even make any this year. Same one every year. Not to make any. Therefore, <laughs> I'm never disappointed. <laughs> I have succeeded once again, <laughs> not letting myself or anyone else down. Wow. Wow. No no, no resolutions here, man. I, no just, I can't even keep them, so what's the point? I have no resolve. <laughs> this is going to go so well. It always does. <laughs> I didn't make any either. <laughs> Good. I used to, but it was always stupid stuff. Well, clearly we are the experts here now that are exactly. talking about making yeah, resolutions. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. So, what was the stupid one you made, Sean? I would get, I would like do dumb ones like, "Hey, I want to get straight A's or something." But like making the resolution—that's dumb. Like you require work. Mm. Mm. Mean resolutions. Just Did you ever get straight A's? Every once in a while, if I tried hard enough. Okay. You know how, like, when you tell your kids now, like, "Hey, if you just applied yourself," like that was my parents, and I wanted to punch them. But now, when I look back. <laughs> Like Kevin and Sherry, this is where you just turn the radio off. <laughs> like if I would have applied myself, <laughs> I would have done so much better. Wow. My thought of straight A's was probably when he's in second grade and he had to go across the paper. A, <laughs> the straight A, 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 A. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> With the uh the dots as you have yeah. the All right, New Year's resolutions. Here we go. Let's get back. Uh so if you're anything I guess we can't say that because if you're anything like us, you didn't even set New Year's resolutions. But if you're we'll just get with that. If you're anything like us uh, and you are now the end of February, beginning of March. You're looking back at some of the things you said on December 31st that you would do different next year and going, crud, I didn't do it. So what do we do with that? Like, And where we're, we're, we're going to go with this eventually is not stuff like I resolve... Is that how the, I don't know. My resolution is to eat healthy in 2022. Like That's not where we're going. We're going with stuff like, hey, I said in 2022 I would do devotions every day, or right. I would pray every day. Or read or, through the Bible in a year. Yeah. Dude, there's some of us that are already two months behind on our read through the Bible in a year. Sean, we're not even two months fully into the year. <laughs> like, it's only like a month and 21 days, and you're 60 days behind. Hey, remember, sometimes you got straight A's. Sometimes. This is, this, is not, this is not that moment. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good thing to think about. Um, you know, growing up in church, I used to go to a youth conference every year. And youth conference was awesome. It was such a great time. But what it would do is it would charge you up, kind of like as we close the year out. You know, Easter's an exciting time, and then it's this rah-rah, like, I go into New Year, and I'm going to conquer the world. And a lot of times as believers, I think we make great 
you know, great strides that we want to do this. And you know, I remember they'd always put the trash can up there and you watch. And for those who are under the age of 30, this is going to sound weird, but you would watch everyone go up and put their CDs in the trash can and get rid of it and throw it away. And then you're like, yeah, I feel really good about that. Then you come back and you're like, I really missed that CD. I'll go buy it again. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I think that it's not so much that I, I mess up my resolution and all of a sudden I'm a bad Christian, but maybe let's look at it from the perspective of like, okay, I set some goals, but really as a Christian, what should I be doing? And if I've messed up or I haven't quite done as well as I thought I should do, then where do I go from here? Maybe that's the way to look at it today. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, too, it's how do you look at it? Like, why are you doing it? Are yeah. you doing it because you're like, ah, oh, I feel guilty that I haven't read through the Bible in a year? Are you going, man, it seems like the right thing to do to do devotions every day? Um, or are you approaching it from joy? Like, hey, I get to go before God and hear what he has to say. I find right. treasure and richness in the scripture. Uh, it, it, honestly, there's this huge debate in my house over running. So you can imagine what side of the debate I fall on and what side <laughs> of the debate Brenda falls on. But our kids are asking us about running, and I'm going, I hate it. I hate every ounce of it. There's nothing good about it. It is satanic. Um, Whoa. Running the Bible literally torture. says only the, like, only like the foolish man runs when no one's chasing him or something. I'm telling you, that? exactly. Run the race set before you. Yeah, well. That's that, metaphorical. Yeah. But for Brenda, she gets all kinds of joy out of it. For I get torture. Because in my life, running was pain. Carter, you missed a tackle. Take a lap. Carter, you let a ball go by you. Take a lap. Every time I got in trouble, it was take a lap. And so I've completely associated running with punishment and pain. And so I've never, I remember the last day of football practice, I'm like, I'm never running again. Like, I just that was my resolution, which actually I think I've kept. Um, <laughs> however, Brenda gets great joy out of it. And so she longs for it and she does it often. And I think in that same way, like, how are we doing devotions? Are we doing it as this is something I must do and I have to do? Or is it something I long to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you getting out of it? And I think that might be sometimes the fault with the Bible in a year is it feels more like a have to do. Whereas if you set some other, maybe not every day, some chunks like, hey, this year I want to read this part. Um, I think if there's a way to find joy in it, you're going you're gonna to do it more effectively and be more committed to it. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's just where I've seen it. Is, are you doing it out of duty or joy? So if anybody knows me, they know that I like new shiny things, right? So like my personality <clears throat> just does not suit New Year's resolutions well because I start off for like two weeks like doing it really, really well. Uh, and then after that, it's like whatever. So perfect example, we just moved into our new house. I have yet to not put my dirty clothes in the hamper. Like I'm killing it. But give me like two weeks. <laughs> and Dude, gonna I kill just me. assume you already repainted the walls like <laughs> twice in the two Probably. weeks that you've lived there. Probably I have. Yeah. But but my like I I I'm really good at starting off with things, but I don't finish them very well. Um, I think it's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's it's 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 one thing to say that whenever you're talking about dirty clothes on the side of the bed rather than where they're supposed to be, and reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, I think life carries over to our spiritual life. You know, I know that we could sit here and quote all the scripture. You know, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. And that's you know when it comes to sin, but. It's interesting that we get so frustrated in our spiritual lives when we do the very same thing in every other mm-hmm. aspect of our lives. So take your analogy of clothes. Like, yeah, I'm going to clean up and I'm going to throw them in there. 
And then at some point, it's like, no, well, I kind of missed the hammer. Eh, you know what? It's really not bothering me, but I'll leave it there, and that pile grows bigger. And I think the same thing in the spiritual world, in the spiritual sense, when it comes to our lives, man, I'm, I'm hitting it. Like, I've done seven out of seven days. I'm crushing it. Day eight, I'm missing it. It's like, eh, I only missed one day. And then we kind of barter. It's like, well, I'll do it tonight. Mm-hmm. Then we go to bed. Then day nine, we're like, well, I can't really make up day eight. So we skip, and then it's that point. It's like, well, you know what? It was a valiant effort, mm-hmm. and uh, there's always next year, next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think when it comes to this topic, is that sometimes the church has set people up for failure. Like we base success mm. on quantity rather than quality. Mm. And what I mean by that is, if you spend an hour with God, you are a strong Christian. If you spend ten minutes with God, that's not good enough. And I have. You know, working with young kids, teenagers, I shouldn't say kids, teenagers for many, many years, the question's always like, what should we do? What should we do? And I have gone through the scriptures, and honestly, if we're really to look at what we're supposed to do every day, not that I'm saying on this podcast, don't do mm-hmm. devotions. I don't want anyone to hear that. I already heard it. Um, okay, well, then you take a lap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the biggest thing would be, hey... You know, are you at least doing something rather than I blew it? I didn't read through the Bible. I missed it. You know, I'm at I'm at Leviticus chapter four, and I just can't do it in February. Ooh, that one's a steamy one. It is. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, whatever it may be, well, I think we got to look back. It, the Bible says to pray without ceasing, uh, to meditate on Scripture day and night. You know, to die to yourself every single day. I think that's where it has to start from is what it, it goes back to your premise of attitude. Like, why am I doing this? Um, is it a check mark to get done and just say, well, I did it. There you go. And because let's be honest, and I, I'm going to hit this point, and this is going to offend some of you listening, and that's okay. I have watched people do devotions and they're like, I spent an hour with God today. And they, you scratch your head the next 23 hours wondering, what in the world did you spend an hour learning about? Because it doesn't match up. But then you have a person who spends 10 minutes with God. And for the next 23 hours and 50 minutes, they're on fire for Jesus. I mean, so I guess the question is, like, does it really matter how much time or, you know, what, where do, how do we get people to get back to realizing what Jesus is looking for versus what man is looking for? Hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's a hard issue. And, and it, you know, we have this battle, the external versus the internal all over the place. Whether it's the legalism, the things we do versus where our heart's at, whether, um, you know, the old covenant, new covenant, or where it's the laws written on the tablet or in the heart, it really is it's this internal idea. Like, what is your internal motivation for doing these things? If your internal motivation is just, I feel like I have to, you're never going to succeed at it. You're never going to be committed to it. Um, it, it, it. To me, it's almost like um, playing sports with a fear of failure. Like, I'm never going to shoot the ball in basketball because I might miss. So I'm always going to look for somebody else to pass it to. Um, there has to be this, okay, I want to accomplish something. And, and, and this is the value in it for me. And, and I think when it comes to, if, you know, if we're focusing on devotional time and prayer and scripture reading, what is the inherent value of these things? And if we have the value, if we see that it's valuable, we're going to go after it. And I think what happens a lot of time, honestly, when people stop or when they become uncommitted or when they quit, something else has distracted them where they see that something else is more valuable than what they were getting out of the devotions, the Bible time, and the prayer. And and so, 
you have to you have to see the great value in sitting before God, talking to Him, and listening from Him, and and how it shapes you. and And I think if we're measuring it, like, okay, I got to do this for like twenty five minutes today, um, versus some days I'm going to do it for five, and some days, man, I just might get caught up in it and I'm loving it. And I might do it for fifty five or whatever it might be. Um, that I think that's part of it. What you know, uh, what's your heart behind it? Do you see value in this commitment? And if you do, if you see it's valuable, you're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And I think the other danger too is quit comparing yourself to everyone else. Mm. Because let's, let's look at, we, we're in the day age of social media. There are some people that are negative, but most of what we share is positive. You know, rarely does someone get on and say, life's just horrible today. You know, it's pictures of this trip or whatever's happening in their life. Well, when we hear someone share about, Man, this is what God is teaching me. Let's be honest. There's times you sit there and you go, "Huh, I don't really feel like I'm hearing right now. I don't. I don't feel like I'm there." And it, so then you become even more dejected and say, "Well, why am I even doing this? Why? Why keep going?" And you know, it is. It, and here's, I guess, the, at the end of the day, are we trying to pursue, you know, comparison to other people, or are we trying to com- uh, pursue, you know, uh, getting as much done as we can? Or are we trying to really pursue Christ likeness? Mm-hmm. Like, is that really our goal? Is because in this pursuit of Christ likeness, you know, being a Christian for many, many years, what I've found is there's times where I, I feel like I'm really charging for it, and then boom, life happens, distractions, catastrophe, whatever. And it's you take a couple steps back and you know, and you regroup, but that's the beauty of grace. Like, mm-hmm. that's the I think sometimes in this, this discussion, we diminish grace, like mm-hmm. what Jesus has and offers to us. So, mm-hmm. So what do you what do you mean by grace? Yeah, well, I mean, when we think about it, you know, what is grace? Grace is this gift that you're given that you don't deserve. You know, and I thought she was the lady that led the national anthem oh, at the my gosh. National Lampoon's Christmas movie. And I must be mistaken. They were back two months ago in our podcast. Well, I like to bridge things. <laughs> and uh, but no, um, <laughs> when we think of grace, you know, and and. I don't even know if we fully grasp grace, and that might be another podcast on another time, just the beauty of that and what that means. But Jesus doesn't ask for perfection. Like, he never says, go ye therefore and be perfect, right? What does he ask us to do? Like, he doesn't say, go be perfect, therefore, as I am perfect. He says, go therefore and be holy, as I am holy. Well, holiness is part of being set apart. That means I want to do things different in my life. I want to look different in my life. And... Despite that, there are going to be times because of our humanness, and I don't want to make it an excuse, it's just a reality, we are going to fail. Mm. And I'm sorry for those who don't like to fail, you are going to fail in life. That's just the reality of it. No one, is, no one has a perfect marriage, no one does a perfect at their job, no one is the perfect parent, no one is the perfect kid, whatever you want to use. There has to be grace in that. There has to be, hey, as a believer, as a child of God, Here's what I've given to you. Here's what's offered to you. You know, we get to come back and regroup, and there's forgiveness in that. Not saying it's a sin if you don't read your Bible for one day. I don't want you to hear that. But I think sometimes we look at this word grace, and it becomes, we diminish it uh, to the point where we, we say we believe in it, we say we've accepted it, but have we really? Uh, there, there's always that pool of trying to do it yourself. I mean, that was yeah. the sin in the garden, right? Adam and Eve are like, ah, eh, we're not sure we trust God to be right at this, so we want to <laughs> we want to take control. Um, and and even that, I think, when it comes down to not accepting grace or not knowing grace, is us always going, well, I'm gonna figure this out on my own. Yeah. And the understanding of grace is Jesus going, no, you're not. 
you're always going to be broken. Yep. The failure is going to mark your life. It's that brokenness in you. But it doesn't matter because I will make you succeed because of my success and my relationship with the Father. Like that's what grace is. It's, it's guaranteed that, that Jesus is going to make us, he is going to cover us, he is going to, with his righteousness, he is going to guarantee as the author and the perfecter of our faith, even though our faith's not perfect, he's the perfecter of it, he's going to cover it in his grace, his actions for us. I do have just a side note. When you said, um, you were quoting the scripture, and you said, go ye, was that a reference to Kanye? Uh, oh, my goodness. Not at all. Okay, just checking. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> How dare I for a second think that you were being serious? <laughs> we mentioned, we, meant, we got that in for younger ones, and we got CDs in for the older. Um, yes. Uh, for those of you multi-generational that, ministry at its uh, best. For those of you that threw away your CDs like Brian did, don't worry, the halftime Super Bowl... T- Show took care of you. That's, yeah. You sinners, you watched it. Absolutely. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, but here's here's the thing. Okay, so let's let's just be raw and strip this back for a second. Um, anyone who knows me knows I cannot stand winter. I hate cold. I would rather sweat. Anyone knows Chad knows that he loves this weather. Like he would rather freeze. Wait, you love this weather? I'm a big fan of not sweating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why when people walk into church Sunday morning and it's, you know, five below and he's still greeting people, they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, but when it's like, you know, You won't see me in August. You won't see him outside. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the AC. But, no, when we, when we think about that, you know, for this time of the year, a lot of people struggle, not just spiritually. It becomes a mental, a psychological struggle because winter is, it is a depressing time. It's, it's a time you really got to, like, I don't know. There's so many ana- uh, analogies you could use, but just say buckle down and really got to fight through the winter doldrums. Mm. And you get in a funk, and you get in a spiritual funk. What are some things? Let's say you know we're talking about New Year's resolutions. We're two months into it. Let's let's look at some practical ways that people, if they are feeling that way, you know, what can they do? Like, how do you? Because I mean, as we make this podcast, say it is a beautiful day outside. Mm. The birds are chirping, and I'm pumped because the sun's out, and it's like, yes, we are one day closer to spring. But for some people, they're struggling at, at, at this point because it's winter. They've been stuck inside for all kinds of different reasons, cold, you know, what's been going on in our culture, our world. But spiritually, like, what are some practical things that we can offer them that if they failed in their New Year's resolutions or if they're not living up to what they wanted to do, prayer life, journaling, Bible reading, anything, going to church, what are some things that we could get, offer to them today hmm. to get back on track, I guess? Well, I mean, one of the things that uh, we notice this in our, I notice this in our house a little bit. And so last night before dinner, like our prayer after our staff discussion too, was like, all right, we're all going to pray, pray over your favorite, um, pray over your favorite attribute about God. And I, I think sometimes Brenda's always on me with this. Like you have to, you have to understand that, that your emotions can lie to you sometimes, but facts don't. So when you have these emotions of loneliness and isolation, and when you have these, um, oh my goodness, it's dark. Like I even looked out last night. I'm like, dude, it's still dark at 6.30. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice weather. I want to go outside. I want to till the garden up. I want to do something. But when you have maybe these overcoming feelings of anxiety, when you have these overcoming feelings of depression, um, when and, and that can happen at any point in the year, but 
these are moments I think where you have to stop, realize that those are emotions and emotions lie to us. And Satan can lie to us through our emotions as well. Yep. And then go over the facts. And so what are the absolute truth facts? So so start with the characteristics of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one place I think when you look at like no matter what day it is, no matter what time it is, no matter what's going on in your life, God is always sovereign. Right? God is always all-powerful. God is always all-knowing. These are absolute facts and truths. No matter what your experience or your perception or what you're going through, he will always be those things. And I think that's one thing then. Let him be your anchor by pointing out what are the, what are the concrete things about him that are unchanging and immutable. Yeah, another great thing to do, I know a lot of people do this in November, but we're actually called to do this at all times, is be thankful. Mm-hmm. And maybe just simply take a, a notebook or a sheet of paper, uh, whatever it is on your phone in, in your notes section, and just say, okay, today is February 22nd. I am thankful for the sunshine. You know, and then for the next 30 days, just look at something different every single day that you have the opportunity to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing to you. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's simple to do. I think you're creating in that moment those Ebenezers, right? Mm-hmm. We all know the texts in Samuel where... Israel defeats the Philistines, and God says, hey, build a monument called Ebenezer, because up until now, you know, they say, up until now, God has been with us. And so whenever we feel that God is not with us, let's look at that monument and go, oh, that's right. God got us this far. He's going to keep us going. And I think those Ebenezer moments, not even just the simple, like the daily force yourself gratitudes, but I think you need to mark down, like, where are those places in, this, in my life, these crises where God has showed up big time? And I need to write those down, or I need to put a picture up, or I need to do something, a monument of some sorts that makes me look at that in those moments and go, oh, yeah, okay, when we were sick, this happened. When there was death in our family, we saw God this way. When we lost our job, I saw God moving in this way. When, um, when we were having any kind of troubles, whatever it might be, uh, pandemic, uh, culturally, corporately, um, these are moments in the past where God has moved, and I know that He's got me this far. He's going to keep. He's going to keep moving me. Though so I think those Ebenezer moments are absolutely uh, amazing. And so, also, let me just throw this plug in. If you ever sing "Come Thou Fount" and they get rid of the uh, stanza that says Ebenezer, wherever you're at, stand up and walk out because that is the best line in that hymn. <laughs> oh my. Oh man, what about what about like just a just a reminder that like when God is working in us or or whatever, it really ticks the devil off. Yeah, when when your life is on track, I mean, shoot, when you're not following Jesus, when you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying. Satan doesn't have to work on you at all because you're happily just doing what he wants you to do and that's not focus on God but when you really start wanting to give your life fully over to God and it goes back like we said to be holy and to be different and set apart man Satan's like I don't like that because Satan knows and that's the whole trickery of what he did you know originally when he left, fell from heaven but then when he you know Adam and Eve as we were talking about earlier if he can fool you into thinking you're not good enough then that takes your view of how God sees you because here's the thing. I've always heard this. Hopefully I get this correct. We define ourselves by our condition. God defines us by our position. Oh. Yeah. Preach, brother. So we we look at it as like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm horrible. 
But man, when you pour into the scriptures, oh, actually, no, you are a child of God. You are an heir to the throne. You, there's so much that you, you know, it's, this is your inheritance. Um, you are spiritual children. You know, we get to call out and call him Abba Father. I mean, when you look at those things, that's what encourages you because that's who's there. I mean, how often do our kids, our own kids let us down and yet we offer forgiveness to them and that's what he does as our heavenly father. But it says Satan is just like that uh, that line. He's prowling, and I love watching these shows. By the way, on like an animal channel, you you watch is like the you know the uh, antelope is it out there in the the grass, and there comes the lion, and you're just waiting for it. And right when he lets his guard down and he starts to eat, there comes the lion, and that's what Satan does mm-hmm. is he waits and waits, and then when we're finally in that most vulnerable moment, when maybe it's mentally. It's uh, because of depression, anxiety. It's because of a whole multitude of reasons. He pounces, and uh, that's what he wants. And he's really, he really does not want us to follow God because when we're following God, that means he's got to work even harder at, at getting us to fall, and he doesn't want us following God. So, yeah, um, we're all in a spiritual battle. Our spiritual, our battles, it says, is not against each other. It's against the principalities and spiritual forces of darkness. Um, so yeah, and I think then to circle back, that's why it's important that we are committed to regular study yep. of God's word, which is His revelation of Himself. Because it's not to do it. Because if you're a good Christian, you've done it, and you brag about how many times you've read through the Bible, and now I'm doing a chronological, and now I'm doing it in comparative translations. No, no, no. It's because inevitably there are valleys in our life, whether it's faith or whether it's just in our existence, there's just valleys. And Satan comes after us, and he wants to deceive us, and he wants to distract us. He, that's what he does. That's how he moves. That's how he wages war with God. And so our regular understanding of the Scripture and our reading of the Scripture and our time, because it's time with God, they become the anchor for our soul. That is, as Hebrews would would tell us that is um, that, that that that's what anchors us in, so that we don't slowly drift away. Um, and, and it's important, I think, um, when we consider these, like when we consider our regular study of the Word. It's not just to. That's why there. Sometimes you can do it for five minutes and just sit on that verse, like a psalm, and be like, "Whoa, all right, wh- what are the implications about this for God? What does this mean in my life?" And then there's other times you got to read like the whole story. You got to read like two chapters. Um, and, and if we're reading the Bible with a purpose, and that purpose is for us to get to know God better, and that purpose is to spend time with Him and communicate with Him, then we're going to have better anchors for the truth, for Ebenezer moments, for uh, gratitude moments, because it's easier for us to see God when we know what He looks like. Yeah. And that's that's what we get from Scripture. What does God look like? Is our description of Him. Well, and going back to what you said about valleys, this is a great point, is, you know, we love the mountaintops. You know, when you're on top of a mountain, and I used to go hiking, when you're on top of a mountain, you can see everything. It's like, this is beautiful. This is awesome. And then you got to go down the valley. And sometimes in the valley, all you do is look around, you see the weeds and the trees, and you're, you don't see the mountaintop. You can't see it. But let's, let's be frank and honest. It's in the valleys where the greatest work is done. Mm-hmm. It's when you're in your most vulnerable moment when you have to cry out. You have to lean on someone um, you know, that's when God is working. And not just God. And I, I think this is a key point to make. You can't do this on your own. Mm-hmm. If you're out there trying to do this on your own, that's probably part of the reason that you may feel like you're failing. Um, the Christian life is not meant to do alone. 
Um, we are created with this void for relationship, not just with God, but for one another. I mean, look at the first thing that in the garden, there was no helper suitable amongst creation. So God creates Eve for Adam. But, and I'm not speaking in marriage sense here, but mm, let's go down that next month. Well, this is February, so I think we missed that. But, uh, <laughs> but anyways, think about it. You know, who is, who is it that you're keeping accountable with? Are you praying with someone? Is there someone you're reading through? the Bible with, you know, because when you do it with others, your chance for success goes up exponentially because now you you have that support system. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, when people do these, going back to our New Year's resolutions, I'm going to lose weight. Those people who do it on their own tend to fail at that mm-hmm. versus those who go into these groups and do it together. Um, and so I believe as a church, we have to do a better job of coming alongside one another and like, hey, how can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? How can I build you up? And... Um, yeah, and that's why one of our core values is radical discipleship, where Absolutely. we talk about um, ra- our discipleship becomes radical when vulnerable people spend time together in their commitment to Christ, and even growing through conflict. You know, you're talking about the valleys, and what does Paul tell us? Rejoice again, I say, rejoice. Right? We are told that whenever um, the beginning of James, like it is through trials that God perfects and completes us. Right? God. Um, rarely equips us that it doesn't hurt. He, he's 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 conforming us to his image. I think of, I don't know. You watch nature channels. I watch like building shows, right? And so one of those like the big factory, like how is it made? And I was watching one time how they make cars and how they do door frames, right? The mm-hmm. doors of the cars, and it's got all these funky bends. And what they do is they put they take a flat sheet of metal and they put unbelievable pressure on it from both sides and they compress and conform this thing like the the metal heats up like it's painful there's all kinds of stress in the metal and that's what god is doing when he conforms us to his image because because the sin has just broken us in such ways that when he is rebuilding recreating us he's conforming he's putting a crazy amount of pressure on us bending us and stretching us and breaking us and 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 just absolutely forming us into his image and it is going to be painful and it is going to be in valleys but that's one of the things, one of the facts to remember of the feeling. You might feel like you're in distress, but the fact is it's in those moments actually God's making you look more like him. Yeah. I think it's important, though, too, that you know when we're in the valleys or and we talk about community and whatever, right now, especially with the way the world has turned in the last two years, we've got to stop finding our community on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Stop looking at, you know, oh, I, I'm struggling a little bit with my, with my uh, New Year's resolution. I'm going to go look on Facebook and see how Sally's doing. Or from the valley? <laughs> so oh, my the, oh my goodness! <laughs> well, I was just tying back into the valley. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes there's valleys. But we find how do you transition from that, Chad? Anyways, but we we spend so much time comparing ourselves and our successes to what we see on the internet instead of focusing on on what God tells us our our identity is. And it just feeds right into this this negativity, and the and it just makes it it just compounds it, it just snowballs. Yeah, you know, nobody puts their true self on the internet. Like, everyone's taller, slimmer. Whoa, uh, not everyone. More, like, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Everybody's kid hits home runs every game and yeah. has the best. Like, they dunked seven times, even though they're in first grade. Like, nobody puts their best self on the internet. So we can't go to Facebook. You can't go to Facebook to find solace. All you're going to do is you're going to find people that are pretending but look better than you, have better lives. Like They just put their best life now crap on there. And it's not real. It's not true. And it's definitely not a place where you're going to find meaningful fellowship. I think that's what the pandemic taught us, right? We all got sent home alone. Our only connection to everyone else was 
social media and we were dying. We were dying inside for relationship and uh, true relationship. And I think that's where the church is. This is, this is where the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God is the answer for the world we're living in. Yep. Because it's relationships, relationship to God the Father, relationship to each other. You're not going to find a place where there are more genuine relationships than in the church. And that's what it has to be. That's what I like about Morgansville right now. I, yeah. And people are staying like 45, 50 minutes after church because they like each other and they have relationships and they want to know how they're doing and they want to pray for each other. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I, I'm probably, we're getting close to coming up against our time here, but, it, you know, one of the things we want to say is this. I think there's a few things. One, uh, if you're at a church that is not discipling you, that is not helping you grow in your faith, that may not be the right church for you to be at. And we're not saying it's our church, but find a church where you can be discipled, where you can grow in your faith, where you have community together mm-hmm. with other believers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the other thing is this. If you are part of our church or you're looking for a church, or you've come across this podcast and for the last half hour of your life, you really thought, I, I want to listen to these guys for some reason. Dude, if they've listened to us for the last half hour, they need friends. Yeah. Because they don't so, have any. <laughs> so you need you need to come, you need to, you know, come be part of it. Because one of the things we're excited about now is the number of people joining life groups because people want to do life together because life is meant to do it with other people. And, uh, you know, as a church, we're here for anyone. Uh, if, if you're struggling, please reach out to us. We, we want to help you, and maybe you're thinking, I, I don't know how to pray. I want to pray. I don't know how to, or I want to read my Bible, but I don't really know how the best way to do it. And, you know, starting in Genesis and reading is probably not the best way to do it um, because once you hit Leviticus, like we referenced earlier, wah, wah, wah. Ooh, that's, that's a difficult book to get through. Um, and we're just being honest. Um, so we want to help you be successful as a believer, or if you're not, we want to teach you how to become one. And then how to grow in your faith. That's really why we do this podcast and why we do what we do. Yeah. You know, you're not alone. And I think in the winter doldrums and in the failings of resolutions, one of the truths that we have to hold on is you're not alone. God is present with you. He tells us through Christ that he will be with us to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent his spirit down to this earth and he left the church as his body. Yep. And so if you're listening to this and you truly feel any kind of helplessness, loneliness, isolation, whatever, you're not alone. You have God, and please come. You have this congregation as well. Yes. You are not alone. I am here with you. <laughs> what you guys aren't getting through the audio is the look that the two of them just gave each other. <laughs> we love making cultural references. That was, that was unique. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, any last thoughts, comments? I guess questions isn't necessarily... I have one. Oh, boy. But I'm going to save it. It involves Kanye. Move on. (laughs) The last thing I would just say is, uh, and I'd reiterate what we've we've said multiple times through this, is, you know, life is hard. It's difficult. It's valleys. We're not shying away from the fact that if you accept Jesus, all of a sudden, it's like the Staples Mm -hmm. commercial. You hit the easy button and, like, boom, it's... Mm -hmm. Nope. As a matter of fact, it's worse. If yeah, it gets more difficult if you try to pursue Christ and you want to live for Christ. He says you're going to suffer, you're going to be hated because of my name. Like we're not going to polish this. Like all of a sudden, it's like you know a shiny new vehicle. No, it's it's tough. It, it he said it, it's you're going to face opposition and difficulties. But the beauty is when you're with other people, you, you kind of it makes it a little easier to do it. Walk together. Yep. Yep. 
Alrighty, guys. It is the end of February, beginning of March. If you have failed your New Year's resolution, Sean, what? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> if you failed your New Year's resolution, you are not the only one out there, uh, and your self worth is not found in your, your New Year's resolution. Nope. So stop trying to act like it is. Nope. Um, and if it's something that you you know start in January, I'm going to read through the Bible in the year. You still got <laughs> nine months to catch up. Ten. Ten. Ish. Oh, dude, I can't count. Math. Is that was nine. the time you didn't get straight A's. That's true. Oh man. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thanks again Sean, for. Take a lap. Thanks. Math is awful. Thanks again for listening. We'll see y'all next month. Peace.